Hi everyone! I just want to tell you first today that I miss you all so much. Um, I'll try to imagine your faces as I talk here, but I'd rather be with you all in person. Um, I know many of you have been praying for our family um, and our church family during this time, and I want to thank you for that. And I want to encourage you to keep praying for one another. I'm so thankful that everyone, as far as I know, is healthy and hanging in there during these long weeks. I love you all so much, and I look forward to when we can be together um, again, hopefully soon. Uh, today we'll be looking at a passage of scripture that comes from Matthew chapter 7. It's the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that begins in chapter 5. And Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry. Um, he's been baptized. He's endured the temptation in the desert. He's chosen his disciples. Um, he started healing some people. And here, uh, some crowds have formed around him. And Jesus kind of unloads uh, some lengthy and pretty significant teaching. While we won't read it all today, um, I would recommend these chapters as good reading for this week. Um, much of this teaching you may already be familiar with, but it's good to review it, uh, to remind ourselves of these truths. Um, you know, Jesus goes through in this section, you are the light of the world, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do what, you're, do what you say you're going to do. He gives good teaching about prayer and giving to those in need, loving our enemies, so on. There's, there's so much powerful teaching that's there. Um, and we're going to skip ahead today to um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is kind of the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Um, and I ask, Lord, that as I speak today and as people are listening, Lord, that you would open, open our hearts and open our minds to hear what you have to teach us. Um, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us and for how you continue to um, pursue us and, and follow after us um, all of our days, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage, Jesus is talking to the people who have just listened to his teaching, people who are hearers of the word, and he separates them into two categories. Uh, those who put into practice or follow and obey Jesus's teaching, and those who don't. The wise builder who builds his house on the rock is like the man who hears the teaching and puts it into practice, and the foolish builder who builds his house on the sand is like the man who hears the word and does not do what it says. It is possible to hear the word of God and ignore it. We do it all the time, don't we? It can be such a struggle sometimes to actually do what God is telling us to do. Have you ever felt that struggle? God is telling me to do one thing, but I want to do another. 
He tells me to love my enemies, but I want to hang on to this anger. I've been hurt so badly and just can't get over the grudge. He tells me to be honest, but I feel like if I could just tell a little lie, it might be easier. It's difficult. It's difficult to hear God's word and to put it into practice. And I don't know that I've been ever been more miserable than in the midst of those battles, wrestling with God, with what He wants me to do, um, especially if it's different from what I want to do or what I feel comfortable with. Um, last week, Pastor Jamin talked about free will and how God is so, so good to give us the freedom to make decisions about our own lives and actions. Uh, but the paradox of free will is that we can choose in our freedom to do things that will actually steal our freedom. We've all experienced this. We tell ourselves, I'm going to do this thing or watch this or say this or smoke that or drink this um, because I can or because I'm old enough or because um, I'm, I'm my own person. and. Um, these kinds of thoughts should be warning signs when we start to feel ourselves try to justify our actions, especially when it goes against what God has told us to do. And over time, you know, we can make our own decisions, but over time we can we realize that um, if we've done something that goes against what God has said that these actions or, or the sin or that addiction, these things that we thought that we wanted so badly, they leave us empty and um, they don't satisfy us. And, and oftentimes these things that, um, that we thought we were doing out of our own freedom, they begin to have power over us and sin and addictions, they grow. We become their servants. We become their slaves. So in our free will, we can choose the things that take our freedom and make us their slaves. But God is not like that. Um, and every, anyone who has ever experienced the freedom that comes with faith in Jesus uh, can attest to the truth that when we serve Christ, when we choose to follow Him, we become more free, more satisfied, more full of life. He's the only one who can do this for us. We submit our freedom to Him and and we follow him and he gives us more. Jesus tells us we must hear the word and do what it says. Then we are not like the man who builds his house on the rock. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Another translation says, don't be foolish. And it's interesting that the same word is used there, the same description, that it's foolish to hear the word of God and not do what it says. And John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commands and keeps them or obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Um, we're gonna look at this picture really quick of this home on Lake Michigan. Many of you have probably seen pictures like this one. This home was one of many that did not make it through the season of intense shore erosion along Lake Michigan this year. It's really sad that this happened, but this picture is a good image for us to examine and remember. This house was built on sand, and the storms, winds, high waves this past year ate away at the foundation of the home until it could no longer stand. Now for a long time this house looked really good and secure, but then the storms came the storms revealed the true condition of the home, that it was built on sand. And this is a good image for us, a good reminder 
Crisis in our lives tends to do the same thing. The storms in our own lives reveal the true condition of our hearts. And difficult seasons can be a good thing for us because they wake us up and they help us to re-examine our lives, to think clearly, to reprioritize. I want you to think for a moment of the storms you've been through in your own life. We're in the midst of a kind of storm right now with COVID-19, though some of you have weathered far worse than this pandemic. We're also watching you know, severe flooding in many parts of Michigan, and there have been awful tornadoes and storms in the south, and the whole world feels pretty unstable, which tends to have an effect on us. I know it's had an effect on me. There are other storms too that some of you are going through. Losing a loved one or perhaps losing a job. Maybe going through a rocky time in a relationship. And these storms, though they're difficult, they tend to expose us and cause us to re-examine our lives and our priorities. Um, because sometimes the sand looks pretty good, feels pretty firm, and we can build our houses on sand for a while. Sometimes for years and years and forget how fragile we are how much we need the Lord um, but then the storms come and they wake us up and remind us uh, to look down and find out what we're really standing on we're all feeling a little more confident now but try to think back when to when coronavirus was making its first appearance in the Midwest and we watched every day as it grew closer and closer to Michigan. I think back to Friday, March 13th, the day that schools closed. Grocery stores were overrun and we were all speculating, trying to figure out what was going to happen and what we should do and how we should prepare. Wondering if you prayed a little more that day. I know I did. Did you do a quick inventory of your own life? Did you look down on that day to see what you were standing on? Were you a little more bold in your prayers, a little more desperate, a little more focused, and more um, maybe more intentional to hug your kids closely and pray over them? I remember our last Sunday at church, which was two days after the schools had closed. There were about 10 people there. Six of them were the worship team, and it reminded me of our early days at Living Water. It took me back. But then the church too was closed and we watched heartbreaking videos from Spain and then from New York City and we didn't know how long the virus would last and who would still be here when it was all over. And um, I just remember I had a hard time watching television during those weeks. I didn't care to be entertained. Um, we'd been saving up for some home repairs and just all seemed pretty irrelevant. All I wanted was to be near God. I needed Him and I wanted to be in prayer and read my Bible, find my footing again. I wish we could live with such an awareness all the time. We get so busy and so distracted. We forget how much we need God. We chase after other gods. We chase after other things and we put our hope in them. But when the storms come, we recognize that Jesus is the only one who can save us. He is the only one. Who is the rock? The rock is Jesus. And if Jesus is the rock, um, what is the sand? The sand is everything else. 
It's anything else. Satan will do anything, will use any distraction to keep us from building our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. So how do we go about building our firm foundation on Jesus? And how do we keep it there? Jesus tells us at the end of his teaching, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And how do we hear the word of God? Obviously, through the Bible, we've got to read our Bibles. Um, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, um, through getting to church, surrounding yourselves with good teaching. Um, and then how do we put it into practice? You know, we can convince ourselves that through self-determination and self-will, we can do what God wants us to do, but it's not that easy. It's actually really hard. And I believe that without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're pretty much destined to fail. And we need the Holy Spirit, and we need, um, we need the church. We need our friends to hold us up and keep us accountable and check in on us. Um, and today is Pentecost Sunday which is the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus was taken up into heaven, after he rose from the dead, Jesus gave instructions to his disciples to stay in Jerusalem and to wait for the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew the disciples could not do the work of God effectively without power from the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost came, the disciples were all together waiting and the Holy Spirit came with a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. And as Acts 2 describes, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in many different languages. Um, and the church was born. And people who were within earshot um, visiting the area from all different countries could hear the gospel in their own languages and they were drawn to the disciples. Um, so the teachings of Jesus and putting, in the, putting them into practice is hard, but we have help. We were not intended to go through life alone. We were not intended to build our houses alone. God intended for us to have the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of the church. And um, today as we close, I wanna to read to you Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud or to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God, your law is within my heart. The Bible is full of good news. 
In this Psalm, David says, I waited patiently on the Lord and he lifted me out of the slime and the mud and he gave me a firm place to stand. And no matter where you are today in your life, there's hope. There's hope for you. Um, praise be to God. Many of you are trying to, trying to build your life on the rock, but you keep getting distracted, keep getting pulled off, pulled in different directions. And you're tired of that, and you want to, to stand firm and stay focused and keep, keep yourself on the solid rock of Jesus. Maybe some of you have been building your life on sand all this time, and um, the fear of the coronavirus or some other storm has woken you up, and now you're realizing how futile, how temporary the things you've been chasing and you're ready for a change, or maybe your house is starting to fall and you're grieving, but you want to get back on track. Um, maybe you've already gone over the edge and you can resonate quite easily with the picture of that house on Lake Michigan. But wherever you are today, there's hope and God is able to restore anyone whose heart is open to him and he wants to do it. Um, so let's pray together. Lord, we come to you today. We know that we need you. Lord, you are our rock, our only salvation. We want to learn how to hear your voice and how to obey, how to hear your word and do what it says, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who helps us, who makes us strong in times of temptation. We thank you for the church, Lord. Pray that you would be with those of us today, Lord, who are struggling with where our foundation is going to sit, where our houses are going to sit. For anyone, Lord, who feels like they've just fallen over the cliff completely, would you pick them up? They may feel like they can't get up. They may feel like the situation is hopeless, Lord, but you know better. And I pray that you would, in this moment, Lord, give them the assurance of your salvation. Lift them up out of the mud. Clean them off, Lord. Clean us off. And give us a firm place to stand. And just as David said, Lord, you put a new song in our mouth. And I pray that our whole church would be full of, of the song of your salvation. We'd be full of praise, Lord, to you for what you have done, how you have saved us, how you have redeemed us. We would be willing and ready to tell anyone and everyone who will listen, Lord, of your goodness and your power. We know that we need you. When hard times come in life, Lord, you are the only one who can save us. And we thank you for opening our eyes to that truth. We thank you for your protection during this season. Continue to draw us close to you. Continue to be near us, Lord. 
let us desire you above everything else. Nothing else can satisfy. Nothing else can save us, Lord. You are it. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.